Hey, everybody. Thanks very much for hanging out with us today on Todd Versations. I am thrilled today for this guest. Uh, I have searched her down. I've tracked her down. I've kicked in some doors. I've begged her. I've pleaded with her. And she finally succumbed to my, my, uh, my request. I am just, again, very, very thrilled. She's a new mom. She's a media whiz. She's besties with Ellen. She's a master storyteller, media relations consultant. She's the founder of Apex Public Relations. Please, everybody, welcome the great Abby Oppenheim. Welcome. Whoa, that is a good intro. Thank you very much. I am honored and happy to be here. Thank you for having me. It is absolutely my pleasure. I'm super, super pumped to have you here because public relations is a very interesting topic, right? Um, People often, you know, especially small businesses, they hire a, a marketing person and they think that covers kind of public relations. And I don't think people necessarily understand the value that public relations has and what it means. I mean, you guys are storytellers, you're master storytellers, right? Um, and I think it's really, really cool. And so I'm excited to talk about this today. And we're going to get into it deep. You know, I, you, you know me, you know me, you've seen these broadcasts, you know that I'm going to ask a shit ton of questions. I have them ready to go. Um, because it's really fascinating to me when I started diving into this a little bit. But before we do that, um, I'd like just for you to kind of share who's Abby and what you're up to, and then we'll get a little bit more into all that fun stuff. But again, welcome. Welcome. I really am thrilled you're here. Uh, well, thank you. Again, it's a pleasure and honor to be here. Um, and uh, I'm really, this is my first podcast interview. So, you know, you're- You can only go up from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you, you set the bar high, I guess, right? <laughs> or, I low. or low, either way. I, I'm low. good either way. I mean, I'm good either way. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how far back you want me to go, but I will give you the Reader's Digest version yeah. of, of me. Um, so I went to Penn State, uh, go Nittany Lions. Go Lions. Go Lions. And um, once I graduated from Penn State, I was an NBC page. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen 30 Rock on NBC. Have you ever watched that show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's a character on the show called Kenneth, and his actually character's name is Kenneth the Page. That right. was me for about a year. And as an NBC page, you give tours around the studios. You have different assignments throughout the building. So you get to kind of test the waters, figure out basically what you want to do with your life, because it's a program tend to be for uh, 20-year-olds right after college. Right. Um, so as a page, I worked at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I was a PA there. I worked at the Today Show, working in the green room. And um, I was also a publicist, or I'm sorry, I was a, a publicity, publicity assistant. I can't even see it. You're making me nervous, Todd. I can't even see. I'm not even talking. I'm just staring back <laughs> at you. <laughs> a public publicity assistant in the news media department at NBC. And right. actually, that was my first um, experience with PR. So once I completed the PAGE program, I um, was hired to be the uh, PR assistant for Laura Mandel. She was the VP of PR for Telepictures Productions. And they're a Small job. company um, that they produce syndicated programs. So right. back in the day, it was, again, well, Ellen obviously is still um, airing, but Ellen DeGeneres show, Back then, it was a Tyra Banks show, Judge Mathis, Eliminate. I don't know if you remember that dating show. Yeah, I got to go with a hard no on that one. Eliminate, <laughs> I have not caught that one. Great. Oh, come on. No, I, I, if I one. need to go check it out on YouTube, I will, but I've not yes, seen it. Yes, it was a good one. Um, and so I did. I was her assistant for uh, several years, actually. Um, and then she was the one that promoted me to be the publicist for Extra, the news magazine entertainment show. Um, right. but the caveat was I had to move to L.A., 
And at this time I was in, in New York. I had just moved into a new apartment with my friend. And then she was like, hey, we're promoting you to be the publicist, gotta move to LA. Um, at first I was like, no, I'm good. I'll live in New York forever. And she of course was like, you're crazy, you have to move. So I ended up moving. Um, great experience, was a publicist for extra for a few years. Um, and then I did freelancing. And so I worked with some other clients of mine um, in LA, uh, Function Drinks was one of them. I worked for like a jeans designer, random, random people. Yeah. Um, and then my, the tables had turned and I found out that the publicist at the Ellen DeGeneres show was going on maternity leave. And um, I asked my old boss, Laura, if mm -hmm. I could apply to be the fill-in. And she goes, well, you got to send me your references. I was like, Laura, you are my reference. So <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> please send me your reference to the, the producers there. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I filled in for the publicist on maternity leave at Ellen for a season. When right. she came back, the executive producers wanted me to stay. And I was like, that's an amazing opportunity. I would love to. And they're like, well, what about producing? And I was like, well, shit, I never produced anything <laughs> in my life, but sure. Why not? I wanted to stay. Right. So I, I took it up. So I was a producer there for four years. The first year I did celebrity segments. And then for three years I did human interest. Um, but I knew I always wanted to get back into PR. Right. So I left Ellen after five years and uh, was a broadcast manager for LA tourism and convention board um, working with just their TV PR. Right. Um, is, it, is this too long? I'm sorry. I'm going. No, on. no, 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 no. <laughs> but, um, and so after LA tourism, I had been living in LA for about eight and a half years, uh, kind of needed a change and had come out here to Denver, uh, the summer before in 2015, loved it. And was like, I'm going to move to Denver. So I came out here without a job, without knowing anyone really, and started my own PR company. And, um, yeah, now we're here. <laughs> now look at you. Now we're here. <laughs> now look at you. But you know, and I love the fact that you went to Denver with nothing. Right? I, I'm, I'm a big believer, and I say this all the time. Leaps of faith are extremely inspiring. You can jump out of an airplane with a parachute, right? That's kind of a leap of faith, hoping that yeah. thing opens up. But when you take a leap of faith with your life, your existence, and where you're going, I think it's probably more inspirational, more inspiring than jumping out of the airplane. Maybe jumping out without a parachute. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's it's in... It's almost at that point, too, after you do it, it's like, well, I want to do it again, right? I, I like that's a, it's a different kind of adrenaline rush, a different yeah. kind of satisfaction. So yeah, I, mean, it was, I love it. It was scary, and people thought I was crazy. Well, they, they people thought I was crazy for when I left Ellen because it's, you know, the top number one daytime talk show, and they're like, why are you leaving? And then they were, they thought I was crazy for just moving to Denver without a job and without really knowing many people, um, if anyone really. I knew a couple people from like, back in the day, but right. yeah, but yeah, it was, it was nerve wracking, but I'm, I mean, thankfully I, I did it. So, well, yeah, no doubt. I, it, so that, but what a great trajectory. I mean, cause you've got a, a, a pretty unique perspective, obviously that you bring to the table for your clients and for that storytelling perspective. So I got to ask you, just kind of stay on this subject for a second. What was the most outrageous experience, you know, in the, in the, in the TV, in the TV, you know, sphere. Cause I mean, you're dealing, TV, let's say, I mean, let's say, and you don't have to call anybody out, but let's face it. You yeah. had to deal with at least one or two prima donnas out there in your tenure in the TV world. Yes. It's funny. Yes. I, there were many instances where I had to pinch myself and I, cause I growing up, I loved 
TV. I loved pop culture. I loved reading Us Weekly and People Magazine. Like that was like my go-to right. material. Um, and so being like, you know, walking through in the halls at Ellen when they were taping and like Brad Pitt was walking by or, you know, Sting was walking by. It was just like one of those things where I, I looked to myself, I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> you know, like, how did this happen to me? But um, I think that one of the, the most outrageous um, experiences had to have been, I think it was in 2003 or, or no, I'm sorry, 2005, I want to say was Ashley Simpson uh, performed on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You see Paige, we worked the all the shows. We were Conan, SNL, Today Show, all the, all the shows. Um, and I remember being, working that show when she uh, got caught lip syncing. Lip syncing. And it was one of those moments where it just was like, you could hear a pin drop from a mile away. It was, no one knew what was going on. You know, I don't know if you remember, she like took huh? the stage and then they played a different song that she was supposed to be singing. And she did this little like weird dance because she was obviously embarrassed and then she ran off the stage. And I mean, my heart went out to her because it obviously was very embarrassing, but it was it was kind of surreal because it, no one knew what to do. <laughs> so it was like, wait, what? So that was that was one of my out, one of my outrageous experiences. But, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I can only imagine that. I, I do. Re I do recall that. That was that was definitely yeah. a fumble on the goal line. Well, it how was, about how about your favorite moment and all that? Just just to kind of close this part out. What, yeah, what my is your favorite. favorite so you know, I I'm from originally from New York. Um, my family would go on road trips all the time, and we'd always listen to you know Billy Joel, Neil Diamond, Harry Chapin, like all the oldies, you know. So when I was at were, by the way, they weren't oldies at one time. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Okay? I mean, look, I still love, I still love all of them. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'll do the Sweet Caroline, like, you know, oh, whenever it plays. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But um, Billy Joel was a guest on the Today Show when I was a page. And um, a lot of these experiences I'm remembering back, you know, when yeah, I first started because I was, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, green, kind of not knowing what my place is in a way, but um, I did. Rem I do remember meeting Billy Joel and just being awestruck because, you know, I had been listening to him for years and right. he was so nice and lovely. But um, again, it was one of those pinch me moments where I was like, "How is this my life?" <laughs> you know? I think that's so cool. Well, I, I had to ask because I think there, there had to be something there with all that. It's like I had to throw that on the table. I think that's so cool. What a great start. But again, it goes back to being perspective, right? Because you, you know. I said earlier, as, as we opened up, you're a storyteller, you know, and, and, and that's really what a PR person does, whether you're telling, a, you know, whether you're telling a, a good story or trying to fix a bad story, you're still a yeah. storyteller. So I want to dive into that a little bit. And, you know, when I was doing my, my, my dive and thinking about this and, and kind of framing up where I wanted to go with this conversation, um, came across this quote, and I wanted to run this by you and just kind of throw it out there to you. I, I think it really does kind of apply to what the PR space is. And it's a quote from Ben Franklin. We all know him. He was, he was big back in the day. Um, so it says either write something worth reading or do something worth writing about. Yep. And I think it just kind of, to me, is like a great way to open up my next question, which is what does public relations actually mean? <laughs> well, that quote is on my website, by the way. I don't know if you re realize that if you scroll all the way down on my homepage, that's Right there, but I I know I didn't want to say I stole it from <laughs> you. from my website. Say like I had my shit together. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for busting that for me. Um, <laughs> no, so I mean, public really. It's funny because people get so confused. Like, 
when I say I'm a publicist, they're like, wait, so what do you do exactly? Um, so the, the most simple way of explaining is, you know, a publicist basically manages the relationship between, you know, your client, a brand, a person, and the public. But right. a lot of times it's between the person or the client or brand and the media, because as a media relations expert and consultant, you know, you're basically telling stories, pitching media contacts, you know, from broadcast, mm -hmm. print, online, blogs, podcasts, um, and you're trying to get coverage for your client. Right. Um, it's mostly earned. It's not paid. Um, that's kind of more the advertising end of it. Right. You know, advertising right. is when you look or when you're watching TV and you're, you see a commercial, you know, they pay for that spot on TV right. they pay for a print ad in a magazine. Um, so PR is earned media. Advertising is paid media. Um, but I mean, they're all kind of, they're intertwined. They're all part of like the marketing team. Correct. Um, the company, but. Right. But, it, but a lot of times too, and I, you know, and we've talked about this before a little bit earlier and, and you know, small companies, don't necessarily, they, they have that marketing person, right? Um, or as a lot of people say, the marketing gal, which is like, okay, that's just like literally so mad men ago. Um, but, you know, there is a distinct difference between PR marketing and even and advertising you can yeah. throw into that same thing. In fact, that they're not all the same. Yeah. So, you know, you touched on a little bit. I just want to dive in and make sure that we, that we covered it, you know, a little bit more depth by throwing advertising into the equation too. Yep. So what is kind of the difference between those that people can actually go, Oh, I didn't realize, I think it's going right. to be kind of that. Oh, I didn't realize that moment here. Right. So PR, like I said, is like earned it's storytelling. Right. It's you're not paying for placement or not paying for coverage. Advertising is what you're paying for. It's right. a paid media and marketing is, is, is basically, um, identifying the, the customer's needs and then determining how to meet those needs. So right. PR and advertising are part of marketing. It's right. just different departments of how you go about reaching the customer, you know, and, and telling your story or just doing a print ad or a commercial ad. Well, and I think it's, in a lot of ways, I think sometimes it's, it's almost forgotten in some ways. And so I, I, you know, and it leads me to my next question, which is why is storytelling important? This episode of Toddversations is brought to you by Organics Unlimited and Grow Brand Bananas, the most responsible banana you'll ever meet. Learn more at organicsunlimited.com. Well, so as a, as a producer at Ellen, that's what I did. As right. a celebrity, human interest, like that's what I did. And actually, I, I'm so grateful for that experience because as a publicist, that has made me a better publicist, I think, as being a, a producer. Sure. Um, but I think storytelling is so important in, in PR because you're trying to get a media contact, either whether it be a producer, a writer, a blogger, a podcast host, to be interested in your client. So what better way to do that than to tell them a story of why they should be interested? Mm -hmm. um, and you are also in charge of the narrative as a PR person. So you can decide what you present to them, um, you know, when telling the story of your client to garner the coverage that you are looking for. Right. Um, so I think storytelling is, is very important. And, you know, basically it's like, why should you care about my client and why should you go out and then buy whatever the client is selling? Right. Right. It makes total sense. So 
in today's world, how much more important is PR today, especially due to like social media and the availability to troll and attack anonymously and, you know, brands, I, I, in a lot of ways, I think brands, especially the bigger the brand gets, I think the smaller the tightrope is that they're now walking because yeah. of these outside, because they're really, in, in all fairness, they're almost like outside influences in some way. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And it's crazy because, you know, their social media has obviously blown up over the past, what, 10, 15 years. And yeah. when I started out in PR, you know, being Laura Mandel's assistant, like, I don't think we even had a social media department. Now, like, the, like over the years that I was at, even at Ellen, their social media department grew like tenfold, you know, in, in five years. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's definitely, I think PR is important because it's, I, I feel like it's the more, most organic way of reaching the consumer um, because Love you're not that. necessarily paying for that placement. You're not paying for something to be, you know, shown on TV or shown in a magazine or even on, you know, website, you're basically giving a story to, you know, the public and having them decide what they think about your client based on the right. story you're telling. I love it. So, I mean, obviously trust is a big part of this. So how important, you know, and I, and I think about things that are going on today and we'll just get into the food world things. It's real simple. I mean, you think about problems growers have with like romaine recalls and spinach recalls yeah. or, you know, whatever might be coming. Um, so how important is getting the public's trust to a brand, you know, whether it be almost like, you know, post recall or a scandal or something like that? I mean, very important. <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah. yeah I, mean, if you I, I, I guess I kind of framed that up like a third grader, but nonetheless, I was trying to get to the, the, the how do you deal no, with it? I'm just kidding. You know, I'm <laughs> no, no, I'm fine I mean, with it. Trust is extremely important. And, you know, thankfully, and I think you, you, you might talk about this later on, but like, you know, there is such thing as bad PR, you know, it's not like good PR, any PR is good PR. No, I think that that's completely wrong, actually, um, unless you're the Kardashians and you don't even care what people are saying or talking about, like, you just want to be in the news. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I think trust is important. And, you know, again, there are departments and firms and publicists who their only job is crisis management or, you know, apology tours or whatever that is. I personally steer away from that. I don't like doing that. Um, mm -hmm. And thankfully I haven't had to do that, knock on wood, uh, right. many times if, you know, but it's it's tricky because you you have to acknowledge the mistake, I think. You have to acknowledge the mistake and try to offer a solution so that people do trust you again. Mm -hmm. That's all you can do really. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I say this to, to people all the time. It, you know, the, the number one thing, the first thing to do, you know, in a crisis is control the message, mm -hmm. right? Don't let somebody else speak for you because it's just a death sentence. So I want to lean into that. You're right. I'm going to ask, you set me up beautifully because I do want to ask the questions like, what is the difference between good PR and bad PR and, and can bad be good? Um, I mean, like, I, I don't think so. I mean, okay. I think that as a, as a brand or a company or a per, like if you're doing personal PR as a person, sure. I don't think anything negative being spoken about you could be a good thing. In my opinion, True. there are people that, that don't agree with me. Um, I think that you also have to, as a publicist, you have to be a fan of your client. Like, I don't know if I've told you this before, but 
you know, I try to work with clients who I like, who I'm a fan of, who I would go and buy their product. You know, like I used to work at Hope Foods, which has Hope Hummus and guacamole. This was like four, a couple of years ago. I still go out and buy their, their hummus right. grocery shopping. If I have a client that I don't believe in or trust myself, why would I be pitching them to a contact at a media outlet um, and jeopardize my relationship or my reputation by doing that? So I right. think, you know, bad PR, yeah, you people... Some people don't care. Like I said, the Kardashians, they don't give a shit if people are saying bad things about them. But no. you know, my farm, you know, Alexander Family Farm, right. be have a problem with if there was negative uh, stories about them. Oh, absolutely. So, so do you think do you think all press is good press, though? Um, I, mean, I know you kind of like you kind of answered it already a little bit, but I mean, I mean, it could be bad. Like they, yeah. could, they could. And, and also, I think and to be and being in the entertainment industry, um, I have noticed that a lot of the times there are false stories being told, you know, like working at extra, you kind of see like the truth behind things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and a lot of people just believe whatever they read and whatever they see on TV as the truth. And sometimes it's completely the opposite. So, you know, it's, it's tricky when you say all press is good press because, you know, a story could come out that's not true. And yes, it's press and it's coverage. Great. But if it's not true, then what's the point? Right. Well, you, you know, look, you, you, you brought up a really good point. We live in a world today where you do, you're trying to discern what the truth is. is you, you need somebody to discern what the truth is so you can figure out what the truth is. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had this conversation with my son. He was giving me crap about, you know, we were talking about, uh, I don't know, we were talking about, oh, we were talking about the, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, he was griping at me about, oh, well, you know, you listen to three news sources or two news sources and two podcasts or whatever. And I said, no, actually, quite frankly, I have nine news sources on my phone yeah. because I got to read them. And if I want to find out a subject about, you know, a, a, a box of rocks, I want to try to come from a multiplicity of angles, but I don't know who to right. believe anymore. And I'll right. form my own opinion based upon the data or based upon what's out there. Right. You know, so right. it's become a real challenge. So I'd imagine yeah. to your point, you, you've summed it up well about trying to balance that good and bad. And where do you find that line? Um, because you can get really cloudy fast and social media certainly isn't. Oh, definitely. It has to be not helping. Oh, it, it, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, sometimes it does. It's it does, but it doesn't. If it's good, okay. you know, if it's good, but there it, it's it's tricky again, because, you know, anyone with a computer uh, an internet can go on and, you know, start rumors or message someone on, you know, Instagram or comment yeah. on a post and it just, then it, you know, travels like wildfire. So, you know, you have to be careful with, um, you know, monitoring that too, because you don't want to be, uh, you know, controlling the narrative too much because you want people to feel free to comment and react Mm-hmm. Um, you also want to make sure it's, it's the truth too. You know? Well, for sure. For sure. So, and I know we touched on this a little bit earlier, but like between PR and advertising, mm-hmm. right. Kind of which, is there a better spend? Which one is kind of, do you think? PR, obviously. Well, duh, I guess. Yeah. Right. I kind of set myself up for that. But, but I want to keep think, my business. Come on. Well, no, I, I, I understand. I, yeah. 
<laughs> You're busting my chops and I'm loving this. This is the this is fantastic. We're not even halfway done, but this is great. Keep it going, girl. I got you. I got <laughs> no, you. I mean, I think if you have if a client has a budget, I think doing both is clearly the best option. Sure. Yeah. I think having, you know, media buys in magazine, in, in different publications and different uh, types of outlets and, and media, I think is obviously beneficial. But I mean, I, 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 again, I think PR is more organic. I think it's, you know, like not buying for buying for space. You're presenting a story to the media to hopefully present to the public in a truthful way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, yeah, I think PR is better spent, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and I agree. And, and, and thank you for uh, putting, <laughs> putting me back on the spot, but you're 100% right. But, you know, when I look at young brands and I work with, with young brands, you know, again, they go back to, you know, we've got a marketing person and, you know, they're going to run some ad and whatever it might be. And it, and it, a lot of times what I try to, to get to people is like, what is your story? What is your difference, right? What, is, what sets you apart? Like, you know, I had this conversation um, uh, with, with um, Eric from Whole Foods, and I, I use the illustration. It's like, this is a Sharpie, and here's another Sharpie. But what's the difference between the two Sharpies? What's going to be the value? So I, I get that the, the importance of that storytelling, but a lot of times I see people put up ads. It's like, okay, here's, here's my box of widgets. Here's my tagline. Here's my website. And I... In my mind, when I look at stuff like that, it's I don't think there's anything in that moment that's grabbing. Even the taglines have a tendency right. to not do much for you. Um, so when I think about PR, I think about that storytelling where you're actually putting some more narrative into advertising. To yeah. me, it's like getting that advice or getting somebody at the table that can to present that argument, story, side, whatever is is probably more valuable to a young brand than they actually think that it is. No, definitely. I, th- I mean, I, and I, so I think, you know, you have to manage people's expectations as well. Like, as you mentioned, like smaller brands, you know, want to be on the cover of New York times and you're like, well, <laughs> yeah. you and everyone else, you know, but I think that if you start small with a brand, um, then, and you, t- and you have a strategic way of presenting their story yeah i do think they could be on the cover of new york times eventually right. I mean, not tomorrow yeah. but it takes time well, well you've got well right you've got to earn it and you've got to find that trajectory but again you don't want to be on the cover of the new york times with, with the shitty look or with something right. that's not going to be memorable right right i mean it takes exactly. it's, it's a part of that process of brand building right and, and you know people probably hate me enough times on this broadcast of saying it, but look, you got to start putting that first rung on the ladder it has to be the most secure. And then you go up from there. And that's part of that process, your story, your brand recognition, your brand voice, you know, the why. Right. A lot of times gets overlooked. I mean, I look at a lot of these young emerging brands and go, yeah, you're great, but you are doing zero to convince me that you're right. any better than anybody else doing the exact same thing. Right. Well, so it goes back to why should I care? Why right. should I be interested? And then it goes back to again, why should the writer or producer care? Because that's most important. Like if you can't spark the interest of someone who would potentially, you know, cover your story, then you're, you're failing miserably. Yeah. Oh, I agree. How about the, uh, here's put you on the spot a little bit. I'm this is my turn to flip it back on you. Share some PR nightmares. Oh gosh. And you don't have to talk. I mean, you can pick on other companies. Don't pick on, you know, do do whatever you want. We don't have to call out names. I mean. But you can, it'd be fine. What's that? You can call out their names. I'm fine with it. (laughs) You'll bleep them in the No. 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 Um, You know, (laughs) I I luckily haven't, I mean, knock on wood, 
I haven't had terrible PR nightmares. My one experience that I remember, um, it's not really a PR nightmare, but when I was working at Extra, um, you know, their entertainment news magazine show, it was like 2008 where TMZ was coming about. It was very competitive. And I remember I was living in LA. I was hiking one afternoon as a, on a weekend, I think. And I get a call from one of the producers and they're like, you have to, you have to send out a press release. I'm like, okay, what about? Apparently they got something from Britney Spears court documents and we had to get it out like as soon as possible. So I was like, okay, well I'm hiking. I'm literally on top of a mountain. I don't know if you've ever been to LA Runyon Canyon. Yeah. It's was right down the street from me. So I was hiking anyway. I was like, okay, well, I'll be home in like 15, 20 minutes. They're like, well, you have to be home sooner and send it out. So I literally ran down the mountain and like people thought I was crazy, like a bat at hell. You know, I was running as fast as I could down the mountain um, and I had to get out this silly press release, you know? So I don't think it was a PR nightmare, but it was one of those things where it was like, okay, PR can be 24 seven. Yeah. So you want to have a life. It is a nightmare. I guess. Yeah. Well, that's true. Um, but in, you know, in terms of nightmare, I've thankfully and luckily have had clients and worked with companies that have, uh, been pretty good in terms of not messing up. I well, guess. but let's, let's be honest. It's Brittany. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this you was know, like in 2008 when she was, you know, throwing the bat around and shaving her head. So well, who's not done that in their lifetime? I don't think we should judge. <laughs> no judgment here. <laughs> no judgment. Just remember, I always say, don't, you know, don't judge, just profile. Um, <laughs> so how about some PR wins? I mean, how about some ones that are, you know, kind of stick in your mind? It doesn't have to be stuff you do, but something that, you know, out there in the ethos, it's like, wow, that was impressive. Yeah. I mean, any anytime that you can send your client an email and in a subject line, it says coverage that's like a pat on the back for me. I'm like, yes, I got it. Um, but one of the, one of my, uh, biggest, uh, wins, I guess would be, um, to get the today show to come out to LA to film a couple of their shows out in LA. So I was working at LA tourism convention board, uh, as our broadcast manager. And for the year that I was there, I kept pitching. I kept having conversations with the producers at Today Show, asking them to come out to LA or to Venice or to do something in the city um, to make it, you know, to to feature them. And Mm -hmm. it was a no, 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 no. Then finally, when I moved to Denver, I actually worked with LA Tourism for a little bit on a freelance basis. And during that time, I had gone to New York on vacation, actually, on, on my own time to visit my brother and some friends out there. And had met with the producer of the Today Show. So I was on a friendly basis with them. Yeah. And I mentioned it to them again. At that point, it was like, oh, maybe we will come out. So after like a, two years of, of pestering, Sir, the pitch, right. uh, I shouldn't say pester, pitching, <laughs> pitching them. Yeah. Um, and they agreed and they came out to LA. They filmed in Venice for three days. Um, and it was amazing. And it was it was a big success. Um, and I was proud of myself for actually getting it to, to happen. So, well, that's pretty cool because it drives a, a lot of revenue to the city. Yeah. It certainly brings a lot of awareness. And as a tourism board, that's not a bad thing. That's not, right? not, not that LA needs anymore. Right. They got a lot yeah. of awareness. Traffic right is enough, but no, it was, yeah. I, you know, they were very happy with the coverage and, um, you know, today's show obviously is very popular and has a lot of viewers. So anyone who is watching it and sees, you know, Hoda and Kathy Lee, who were the hosts at the time and 
filming from Venice Beach is is a win, you know. So. Well, well, you know, it reminds me of, of um, New Year's Day and the Rose Bowl, mm. right? What's the stat that that every year, you know, because of the weather that's on TV on January first, there's <laughs> yeah. they, they claim there's like fifty thousand people that moved to California. It's so nice and sunny, and you're like in your, you know, you're freezing at home. Yeah, you're freezing at home. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I remember. Saying, I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. I think everybody now is like they're moving to Texas. Oh gosh, why yeah. would no? Yeah, well, it's an, <laughs> a big exodus. California has a big exodus. There's no doubt that's about true. that. I have heard yeah. that. Yes, I I yeah, got out before that. Yeah, well, I was. A I, I'm, 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 we're still looking for the parachute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're still looking for the parachute to get out. <laughs> so it's somewhere what, you have to just find it. You have to look harder. Ah, well, it's true. That's true. Well, it's about time. It's about time, energy, where you are. And, you know, for my business, this is a good place to be, right? Yeah. Um, so, and it, and it works. Yeah. What's it? It's kind of a weird question, but in, in the scope of things that I do, it's probably not that weird. But what's the difference between like a brand strategy and then what the actual public perception is? You know, like you go into something and say, okay, we want to talk about this like this, but then the public comes up with something different. I mean, is that you know, happened? it's funny. You, I, I saw that question that you sent me and I was like, hmm. <laughs> it's like, I actually don't know the answer to that. You know, I think, I, I, I don't know. That's you fair. Stopped, I mean, you, you well, stopped me, Todd. I don't want to have an answer. Because I know that there's times when people, you know, brands will come out and they'll try to be one thing and then, you know, whatever the case may be, and it goes a different direction. And I think brands, you know, really, I think I was coming from the, from the, from the angle of like pivoting you know, and how yeah. brands kind of, you know, pivot based upon, boy, try saying that public perception and pivot all at the same right. time, but that public perception, you know, and, and then all of a sudden they're pivoting because it's going a different direction. Right. And it's actually funny that you meant, and, and now that you say that it's, I was working with an agency back East called FWV for the past couple of months. And one of my clients that I was helping them with was Wrangler. Um, and they are, Wrangler is celebrating their 75th anniversary next year. Um, oh, and they're like, I'm going to get them a card jeans, like they're, you know, typical cowboy attire right. and in one of our calls and, and whatnot, it's interesting because they, they've had a pivot a lot, you know, because they still want to maintain their, uh, fan base and customers from like, you know, in, at the ranch, at the farm, but they also want to appeal to, you know, the current uh, fashionistas, you know, right. and even, I don't know if, I think it was at the, was it at the Met Gala that Jennifer Lopez was wearing like this Western aspired, inspired attire, you know, it's so yeah, brands have to pivot all the time. I think it's just a matter of how they do it and being careful not to alienate their current customers or fans to mm -hmm. appeal to the new ones, because sometimes they might have different, uh, mindsets. Um, right. but it's tricky, you know, it's tricky, but it's, it's happens all the time, especially with a brand who that's around for, you know, 75 years uh, at that long, at that point, you become a little bit iconic, right? You become, right. And they you are. become they, yeah. Yeah, Wrangler jeans. I mean, they're totally iconic. So well, they're, yeah, they become, they're generational, especially with something like that, right? If, if grandpa wore them, dad wore them, if dad's wearing them, you know, his kids wearing them. Yeah, no, I could see that. How much is PR? I mean, this is a, go from one extreme to a question to another, but how much does PR really drive brand awareness in, in the sense that, yeah, you're storytelling, but it's, yeah. I mean, I awareness think it, is important. I think it's extremely important. And, and I, again, you're, you are dictating the narrative. Mm. So if you're doing it 
correctly and well, then, then yeah, I think brand awareness comes from PR rather than advertising, I think. I would agree with that. I mean, I think, again, it goes back to telling that story. It goes back. And, and, and the reason I keep kind of harping on this is that, you know, I, there's a lot of young emerging brands out there. I know they're listening to this or part of this because they're, they're talking to me about coming on to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really important to kind of throw that out there, that there is a difference between, you know, the marketing person and storytelling. Right. And not everybody, you know, look, you could be great at what you do from marketing, packaging, design, whatever the case may be, but you may be a crappy storyteller. You right. may not it understand. Yeah. Right. How could do you put successful. the put the voice behind it? Yeah. The, the voice Definitely. behind the brand. Definitely. Yeah. And I think a lot of companies, if if you have a budget, like I've said, you need to have a PR and a marketing and an advertising, you know, person or someone to handle that stuff. And, you know, a lot of the times in my past experiences, I will work closely to the social media department and the marketing department because they're all intertwined, you know, and also like, you know, if you're telling a story as a publicist and the social media, like Instagram account or Facebook account is going on a total opposite direction, you know, then again, you're losing the trust of your customers and fans because they're like, what the hell What's happening? You know, Facebook is posting this story or this post or tweeting about this. And I'm reading an article in a magazine, completely different, you know, right. You have to work together for sure. You know, and I want to backtrack on something you said earlier, and it just dawned on me what what you're saying. And and if you know it, great. If you don't, you talked about when you were at the time at Ellen and how social media grew, you know, massive amount. Just for perspective purposes, how many people would you guess are actually managing that show's social media? A ton. I mean, more than 10. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, when I, and I had a, a wonderful experience there. Um, yeah. I, I value my experience and, and still, you know, keep it. They love you. They love there. you. They, they, they're quoted as loving you. I've read it. I mean, <laughs> they, you, you were not, they didn't want you to go. That's for sure. They didn't want me to go. Um, no, I mean, they're lovely. And, um, but yeah, my, one of my best friends was on the social media uh, department. And I think from when she started till when she left, it grew. I mean, they, I, I, I don't quote me on this. No. Someone from Ellen's going to call in and be like, Abby's we'll wrong. Fact. I we'll think it's like probably between like 20 and 30, if not more people. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a huge apartment. I well, mean, yeah. And it's, look, it's a big deal. It, it's, you know, it, it's a big production. There's no two ways about it. But I wanted the perspective when people sit there and go, you know, when they look at social media and go, well, you know, we post twice a week and, you know, it's repetitive and yeah. we did this last, you know, because it's such an interactive and it's such a part of driving brand awareness and storytelling and everything else. I just want to put a little perspective behind it. It's like, okay, 30 people just managing social media. Right. And it's, and it's not just like, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, no. you know, Pinterest or whatever. Like, I mean, at Ellen, at least they were growing their YouTube channel. And now they have a ton of different, like, you know, not, I don't want to say spinoffs, but they have a ton of different uh, digital shows now. So that's, right. even though it's not social media, it is still in the digital department. So sure. that's why it's growing so much as well. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Thank you for that. I just, just, I, it's curious, I think, it, I, but I think it gives like, again, it gives a small company. It's like, wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're going to, you know, it's one of those things. If you go in, you got to go all in. You can't half-ass that department in a lot of yeah. ways. And it takes, I mean, even though if you're posting twice a week, yeah, it's still twice a week, but you're still monitoring 
your account, you're monitoring your competition's account, you're monitoring companies that are similar to your account to kind of see what they're doing and not copy them, but be inspired by them and kind of, you know, see what the topical, you know, stories are. Right. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. The whole thing. No. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, well, here's one for you. Do you believe that advertising is what you pay for and publicity is what you pray for? <laughs> no. I love that quote. Uh, I, I think do so. not believe that. I do not believe that. <laughs> um, I I do, although let me, let me backtrack. Go, go ahead. I believe that advertising is what you pay for. That's the definition of advertising. You're paying sure. for media coverage, right? Um, but PR, I... To some extent, I think it is what you pray for because it, let me let me explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think please. PR is re- you have to be very intentional. It's you, you can't just throw spaghetti at a wall and see what sticks. And some publicists do that, but I feel like you have to know exactly what you're going to pitch, when you're going to pitch, how you're going to pitch it, and to who. You can't just like send out a mass email and hope that someone picks it up and finds it interesting. And again, some people do that. But I think that, you know, when I, I, I do believe some of it is out of your control, you know, like you can present a story, you can set up an interview with a writer, you can give them all the images, the materials that they need to write a story, but it's, it, but at the end of the day, it is up to them of how they tell it and, mm. and, and what they say, um, you know, which again is, is a little bit out of your control, which is very n- nerve wracking For sure. <laughs> because, you know, you can, you can secure interest from a big outlet, set up the interview with your client. And when it comes to, you know, print or you read it and it's totally not what you're thinking, you're like, oh shit, what did I, you know, now what? Now what? Some To some extent there is, you know, praying for <laughs> a good, if you pray, praying for a good uh, article or segment to come from your pitch. But I think, you, again, you have to be very intentional and you do control a lot of the narrative. So it's on you, you know, it's right. like, see what happens. No, that makes, no, makes total sense. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I know that was kind of a weird <laughs> question, but I like, I, I like it because of the fact it kind of, it's a phrase that people have said a lot, but it kind of throws it into perspective about, you know, where does those two find that balance? Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about pros and cons and, and, you know, specifically as it relates to public relations. And I just want to, you know, I think about, I got some examples of pros and some examples of cons I'm going to throw at you and and feel free. I'm just going to throw this out as as we'll do one at a time. I'm just going to throw out my thoughts and then you go with whatever the hell you want to say. And if you want to tell me, shut up, I'll move on. I don't care. But you know, I I think about it. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, it's totally, believe me. I've I've been, everybody does. It's no big deal. (laughs) I heard that my entire life. Um, But examples of pros would be like, you know, obviously news and press, media outreach, social media, and like speaking engagements. Right. Right. I mean, I'm assuming that you would agree with those are kind of now. When I think about the examples of cons of the deals, would be like crisis communication, damage control, mm-hmm. um, response or apology messaging. I would think that one's one I'd like to just touch on a, t- a little bit, and then basically trying to restore your reputation because yeah. you screwed it up. So the pros aren't too hard to figure out. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much time, but I, the cons are certainly interesting to me. And I, if you so. You go any way you want with it. The question is yours. The floor is yours. Lady. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, the, I, I, my experience, what I like to do all are all include the, the pros. Yeah. You know, so I do media relations. Like that's my, my bread and butter. I love coming up with a pitch. I love storytelling. I love 
maintaining and developing relationships with the media. Um, you know, there are, like I told you before, like there are PR companies and publicists and firms that only handle crisis communication, right. only handle like if you, you know, get arrested for drunk driving and you're an actor, you go to this company. <laughs> you know, it's like right. there are people who are just that's what they do. Um, I don't like doing that. You know, I like I said before, like I am very particular of who I work with and for. Um, if I don't believe in you, I don't sign you. I mean, yeah, it's nice to have a client and it's nice to work, but if I, you know, can't be behind your messaging or company, then I pass. You know, I actually a couple of years ago had a opportunity to work for a consumer packaged good brand. Mm -hmm. And before we, you know, signed the dotted line, I asked for them to send me some product samples to try them out. And sadly I did. And it was to say at least not very good. That's, <laughs> not so, so much. I, you know what? I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm going to pass on this, op you know, pass um, and, you know, best of luck to you, whatever. But I think it, it definitely, you know, again, it's your reputation. So if you don't believe in it, you're not going to, your contact is going to be like, why are you pitching me this Abby? I'm not going to include this in my snack roundup, you know? So, but I, I do think, you know, it there's a particular skill set and I admire people who are able to handle the cons of PR because quite frankly I don't I don't know if I if I could to be honest um yeah. you know I, I, their apologies and the messaging and that kind of PR goes through a, so many levels of approval you know you could write an apology that you want to send out to the contacts but it will go through, you know, five levels of approval before it actually gets approved and sent out. So wow. I think many people are working on that kind of thing um, because it's very difficult and it kind of is a psychologically, you know, in tuned, like you have to know what, how people are thinking to be good. Yeah. Well, it's like you're playing a game. In a way. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think that, you know, someone's going to have a problem with whatever you say, if you are dealing with the crisis. Like I think no matter what you say, someone's going to be a critic. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's also in my mind, like when you are dealing with damage control or response to, you know, or apology, you have to be honest and upfront, like how we mentioned before to regain the trust of your fans or consumers, you know, like sure. you can't uh, ignore it or you can't, uh, displace blame. I don't think, I think that's an awful way of, <laughs> of doing it. This episode of Toddversations is brought to you by Organics Unlimited and Grow Brand Bananas, the most responsible banana you'll ever meet. Learn more at organicsunlimited.com. And you're right. And I think sometimes two brands, you know, if they're not totally prepared on how to deal with this, they start to become desperate. Yeah. And then they say, oh, it's not my fault. Or, you know, they don't take responsibility. And I think that's the most important thing. It's like, you know, you mentioned like the romaine lettuce recall. It's like, sure. yeah, okay. I like, yes, we had a, a an instance where there was contamination where we apologize, we're recalling it, you know, like own up to it, you know? Right. So. Yeah, no, I I would agree. And, you know, and one of the things that I see that, uh, that companies do, and I say this, I, I, I'm totally against this. It's like, don't, don't have your legal counsel. Don't have your in-house attorney 
be your spokesperson if you have an issue yeah. because you automatically look guilty. No matter what the case may be, you automatically put yourself back on your heels. It's like you've got it. And that's where I think you come into what leading up to where I was kind of hit with this whole question, this whole pro and con about mm-hmm. why you need that proper storytelling for the good and to be prepared for the bad. Yeah. Like it's an, it's inevitable. If you're in the food business, look, it's nobody wants something bad, right. but it might happen. And if you're ill prepared in that first 48 hours, you're going to get your clock cleaned. Right. And I also think that the most important thing, like, within the 48 hours is for you to step up or the brand, the client the publicist, mm-hmm. to step up and speak about the situation. You know, when you hear like, Oh, we couldn't reach blah, blah, blah for a comment or, you know, no comment was the comment. It's kind of like, well, what are you trying? What are you hiding or right. trying to finagle that you can't just come out with a statement or a message uh, right away? You know? So again, that loses trust. And you don't want that very, like you never want that. But when you're dealing with a crisis, you definitely don't want that. No, hundred percent. Well, not answering is a form of answering. Right. Yep. <laughs> and I don't think people are like, like oh, I, I don't, you don't get yeah. back. <laughs> right. It's just like, yeah, it's like, if I don't answer, no, it, it goes away. It's not the case. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I think it goes back to what we said earlier about, you know, crisis management, where you're controlling that narrative, right? The first, you don't ever want anybody speaking for you. Right. 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 And then if you, yeah, if you don't respond within, you know, 48 hours, if you're not responding, someone else is going to. Right. And, and with, the, and with social that. media, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because you could go out there and somebody could say, you know, the, the sky is green. And next thing you know, you have 1.3 million people chiming in and it's got its own life that you, it, but it right. gets to the point too. It's got its own life that you can't necessarily control. Yeah. Well, exactly. And I think that that's the, you know, the most important thing is even if you're, you know, scared to not scared, I shouldn't say that. Even if you're hesitant to respond to a crisis or a negative PR or, you know, bad press, the most important thing is to respond because then you, even if you wait and someone else gets a chance to, uh, you know, have take charge of your narrative, mm-hmm. you then like two or three days later, want to speak and send out a statement, no one's going to listen. No. It's like the publicist who cried wolf. It's like, you you know, you don't, who cares now? You didn't respond when the shit was hitting the fan, you know, so. Well, you created three other problems. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, and and I think, but I think, and and I'm I'm really, really appreciative of you kind of getting into this with me a little bit, because I think it's a really important thing for businesses, again, especially young businesses out there, to, to listen and go, well, what is my plan? You know, are you just waiting for it to happen? And then you're going to, you know, come up with it. Or have you actually sat down and thought, what if, and how are we going to handle this? Have you right. gone through the, the, the motions of both pros and cons, right? Right. Because there's just as much value in being prepared for the positive as there is for the negative. Oh, definitely. You know? yeah. yeah. And so you have to be prepared I, because then when it comes to time to, you know, react to something that's might, that might be negative, you're not waiting, you know, three, four days a week to respond. So yeah, being well, prepared, even if it's for the bad is very important. Yeah, I would agree. Thank you for that. I, I, I appreciate um, that com- part of the conversation because I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, I don't have a plan. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that's what, but again, it goes back to that storytelling. It goes back to why what you do is so important especially with an emerging brand that you're at the table, your, your voice is there. You're coming from that perspective of like, look, I can water you and you can grow to be a beautiful flower, but 
what if it doesn't rain? We need to be prepared for that. And I think that's something that's so valuable that you bring to the table for folks. That's why I was excited to have you come on here to share this, because I think it's I really do think it's an undervalued part of businesses. Again, if you're you know, you're Nike, you got this department. Right. right. They recognize that it's a very valuable part of what they do. But if you're, you know, Bob, the builder and you're a small company and you're trying to find your way, you're not thinking about this. And I'm advocating that you should be. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Got to take care of both. Yeah, for sure. This is awesome. This is super, super fun. Thank you. know, I really do uh, appreciate you sharing like you have, but we're not done. Okay. It's time. It's time. It's time. <laughs> It's time. I know okay. you're dreading. You're dreading this already because you know <laughs> what what's coming. Oh, yeah, you're dreading. We're gonna play a little trivia now. We're gonna have a little fun. Mm. You ready? Mm-hmm. You ready to have a little fun? You're playing for big cash prizes. Okay. You ain't playing for shit, so don't get your hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> but this is fun. This is. We're playing yeah. for that. Yeah, you're exactly. Well, you're playing for pride. Quite frankly, you're playing for pride. But you know, this is a fun part for me, and it's a fun part I think for the guests and for the people that listen to us. And every, I get a lot of responses back. I get people now sending me questions to ask. So okay. I have a question I'm going to ask you today. Somebody actually sent me to ask to see how you know. But it's kind of fun because people get to know you a little bit, and they get to kind of you know see who you are. I mean, they are obviously seeing you now. You've been extremely open and transparent, which is awesome. But it's kind of fun. So here's my first one. Yeah. Now think about this. It's, this is a tough question to ask, but I'm going to ask you. So what is the most common community name? In the United States. So think about it like this, like any town USA, right? So what is the most common name in the United States for a town? Oh, God. Um, Central Park. Good, can't, good try. It's Fairview. Oh. I kid you not. That's what I said. I thought, okay. I didn't even, yeah, Fairview. So here's your bonus question for that one. What 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 name? What community name is in the most states in the United States? It's not Fairview. <laughs> it's not Fairview. That's what surprised me. Um. Oh God. What community name is in the most? Yeah. Oh God, you're stumping me, Todd. This I know. I'm. Here. That's I why I'm here. I'm. I'm literally. Um, the, I, am, I am the T in trivia pursuit. Uh, Glendale. Good answer. Good try. Riverside. Oh, it's in, kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Glendale, <laughs> Riverside, they are literally side by side. What the hell does that even mean? What are you not even similar? <laughs> Riverside, the name Riverside's in every state except Alaska, Hawaii, Louisiana, and Oklahoma. Oh. Yeah. I, I had to go. Knowledge. I told you I put the T in Trivial Pursuit. Okay. Here's another one Harry Potter or Frodo, Lord of the Rings? Neither. Oh, good answer. I mean, I didn't expect I that. Like, what the hell? But yeah, I, I tried reading Harry Potter. couldn't get through the first book and Lord of the Rings. I've never seen any of them. Sorry. All right. It's okay. I'm not judging. Don't judge. I don't judge. I say I talk exactly. <laughs> what, what was your favorite toy growing up? Oh, that's a good one. My Little Ponies. You really just said that publicly. You know that. Yeah. I love my little ponies. And I had a little carrier thing that was like a horse stable that like carried them. It was awesome. Do you, have you started buying my little ponies yet? No. Do you have none upstairs? My daughter is nine months old. So I think we have a couple. She still years. wants one. She'll yeah. die. She, nine. She knows already. Does she have, she has a phone by now, right? Nine years, nine months old. That's they got cool. phones by now. Well, yeah, phone. totally. All right. Here you go. Now I'm going to put you on. Here we go. We'll get you in a, what's your favorite band or what are you into right now? My favorite band, I, I would have to say Mumford and Sons. Nice. I've liked them for a while. I actually have a tattoo of one of their song lyrics. So okay. I like them very much, apparently. Um, yeah. 
but Mumford friend sons, I would say. That's pretty cool. I like that. So if you could time travel anywhere, where would you go? Oh, that's a good one. I try. I try to come in. Yeah, I like that question. Um, but see, like I would say like back in the day, but then they don't have the, like electricity and fun things. And can I go like in the future? I can do whatever you want. Try to, I like front to go in the future, you know, see what, what the world is like in like a hundred years. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I got asked, I, I asked this question to somebody and they reversed it back on me. They dropped that Uno card down. They reversed oh, yeah, it back on me. Yeah. And I said the same thing. I said, I'd rather to go forward mm. just to see how bad we fucked this all up. <laughs> <laughs> just to see if we're right. Come on. Yeah. I don't want to go. I don't want to go so far forward. Right. right. But, but I mean, I'd like to just see where this actually ends up. Yeah. Right. Like, what the, like the end game is, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and, and truthfully, I'm into the alien thing. I want to see if they're really coming down. I think they're already here. I don't know. They yeah. might be here. I think they are. You take a look at a few of these people in the world. You got to wonder. Got to wonder. I mean, Men in Black is may not be that far off base. It's a good, good movie. Yeah, I know. I mean, I that's what I'm saying. Movie, I should say. Yeah, they could be floating around. You are. <laughs> and maybe movie. I'm and, an alien. You don't even know. I. You know what? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. It could be. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to bet on it. I, there's other people I was for sure bet on. Oh, I wouldn't yeah, bet on you. Yeah. Like anyone, like famous that. people, you think? Oh, yeah. I think so. I mean, I, you know, I, and I'm not to be mean or pick on it, but I don't necessarily know Elon's from here. Mm. You know, I just don't. I, I don't necessarily know Steve Jobs was from here. Um, I, I think there's, so, like, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Einstein, I mean, do, do, we, do we really know if Einstein was here? No, nobody, nobody alive today actually knows where, he, you know, it's like, yeah, I read it in a book. Really? Do you really know? No, you don't. <laughs> right. So I think there's some people out there that are kind of, kind of trippy that you might look at it again. I'm not again, you know, yeah. looking at him going, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. You know, I don't know. Now, now, like somebody like a Jeff Bezos has got the funky rocket that he's flying. He's definitely from here. You can just, uh, just by the way his rocket looks, you can tell he's from here. He's completely from here. Oh, but yeah. maybe I'll go and pick up some people who are not from here and bring them back. Hey, if they come, hey, they're welcome in my house. I hope they swing by. I'll jump on board. I'll take a ride. I want to find out. I'm down with it. I mean, yeah. it'd be great. It'd be totally That's great. Funny. Absolutely. <laughs> you have been an absolute blast. I knew this was going to be a ton of fun. And I was I've been bugging you. I've been bugging you and prepping you and pumping your tires up for two weeks already. Yeah, and I'm excited. You, it was exciting. It was fun. I'm glad we you, did this. You, you, you were so open with everybody. And I hope that people grasp, you know, the, the, the concept of what, what PR is all about and why it's important. And it's not, it, it belongs in that stable of marketing and advertising and social media and a place at the table for that conversation because it is so incredibly valuable. Yeah. Um, so I do, you know, tremendously appreciate you being here, but I do have one final question. I got to throw at you. Yeah. You've had an amazing life. We've talked about it. You've had some cool opportunities. Um, and again, like I said, you know, your craft isn't necessarily something that people get, um, you know, and hopefully after this, they get a better you know, understanding of it. So my final question to you is that if you could just say one thing about public relations, what would it be? Um, I think it is, it's necessary for a brand if they want to reach the appropriate audience to have a good publicist on their side and to know their company and their industry and to yeah. know how to story to, 
to do, you know, to storytell. Um, you know, writing a pitch and throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks is not the way to go. You have to be very intentional. It's a couple mm-hmm. things. Like you said one thing, but I'm, t- I'm saying, I'm spewing yeah. a bunch Go, of go. <laughs> but I think, you know, I, th- I think it is, it's, an, it's a very intentional way of r- telling a story to the appropriate people. I love it. So. That's a hell of a good place to drop the mic. Yeah. Or as I say, drop my Sharpie. But I have to pick it back up. I, I got I to gotta hold my Sharpie. You, Addie, thank you so much. For, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with me today. And just just for being you and um, your emails that pop in and, and, and just chit-chatting and stuff. It's just so great. I, I'm a huge fan of what you guys do. I'm a huge fan of what Apex is about. I'm a huge fan of why you do what you do. Um, you know, I can only I can only recommend you about a million more times to everybody um, to keep to, to, to pick up the phone, get online, send an email, find out what it is that you guys do, why you do it and, and get a voice that they don't necessarily have at the table today there, because I think it'll make a big difference. So I'd love for you to come back. I'd love for you to come back and we'll go get you on our other show. We'll do a little snippet. We'll just do some hot topic stuff. Sounds and great. I'm keep there. stirring the pot. Cool. Keep stirring the pot. And when I come to Colorado, we're hanging out. Definitely. Yeah, I'm coming. I'll bring, I'll I'll bring some I'm down. I'm totally hip. I'm all about, hey, I go where the cool kids are. <laughs> That's my motto. Go right? Now with a nine-month-old, we're like, okay, what's she our can drive. activity? She can drive us. Oh, drive totally. us. Yeah, yeah. on my little pony. <laughs> you got to buy her one first. <laughs> thank you, you so much. For, yeah, thank you again for being here. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. And yeah, I hope to do this again soon. We will. Everybody, thank you for being here with us today. You know, I say this to you all the time. I'm going to say it again. Go inspire somebody. It's not hard to do. Just saying hello to somebody is a source of inspiration. You don't even realize it until you try it. So go out there every day and just try one time to inspire somebody. I know we'll make a difference in this planet. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you again soon. Don't forget to check out Todd Bits. Don't forget Todd Versations. All of our social media stuff, we're everywhere. Like I said, where the cool kids are, you can find us. Take care. Be good. Smile, go inspire people. Thanks. See you, everybody.